there's this quote that's, I, I don't know if I have it right, but people don't remember what you say. They don't remember what you do. They remember how you make them feel. And not a lot of people have captured this essence of feeling um, on social media. And so if there's a way for us to use it to have this impact feeling invigoration, I think that it can be a force for a lot better things. Um, awareness about the environment and all those things are really, really important when using social media. But I think when we're talking about creators too and content, like how can you make people feel the way you want them to feel for your brand using social media? And that's something that comes independent for each person. But I think that that's really important. Tara Clark, Social Tea. How does social media work? What does it do for us? What's the purpose? What are the, what are the implications always having an audience? I know I just hit you guys with a lot of what ifs right off the bat. However, uh, Social Tea. Yeah, social media, digital strategy, cool stuff, man. We all use it every day. How does it work? What are the implications of it? I know there's been these movements, the Black Lives Matter movement, the uh, all the implications of COVID and, and et cetera, et cetera, and the emergence of TikTok and strategy and what does it mean and what is communication? Is, is social media the same as a PR department now? What is it? How do we navigate these things? A million questions in one. Tara is an absolute expert in her field. Very excited to have her on uh, this episode's or this week's episode, and uh, really excited for you guys to check it out. Let me know what you guys think, as always, and I will check in with you guys next week. Make sure to subscribe. <clears throat> always hated that shit, man. Always hated saying that. But seriously, though, I don't think you guys understand how much it helps us. Like, it really helps us, like, a lot. Like, we, one of the things we talked about with, 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 with Tara is that, you know, we didn't say the algorithms are, like, godish or anything but we're all we're always playing into these algorithms and one of the things that helps us play into these algorithms is you guys subscribing so if you enjoyed the content share it with someone if hey listen you might like things space you might like joss da, 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 share it with someone okay everyone wants to be that person who introduced another person to something dope you have a chance to do that anyways here without further ado is uh tara from social t the Think Space podcast is a home for the passionately curious. We aim to dig deep and learn as much as possible by connecting the right questions with the right people. So we bring in some of the best minds in the Pacific Northwest, regardless of their industry, to extract the most value from their stories and experiences. Yes, you're going to get something from this episode, which is good. Or you could get something from every episode we release by subscribing on whichever platform you're listening on. You can find the full show notes at thinkspacepodcast.com or have the visual experience of this podcast over on YouTube. If you want to get looped into some exclusive content or private giveaways, join our mailing list. The link's in the description. Tara, thank you for joining me here. First question to you right off the bat, social T. Please tell me the T stands for Tara. Come on. It does. Yeah. I've Thank had that God. Okay. for some, cool. some time now. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not as original as I'd like it to be, but. Uh, hey, you know what? Some people try to try to stunt and be like, oh, it's not about me. It's social tenacity, social da da da, social. And I was like, okay, please just tell me it's social tea. Sorry. I, I mean, listen, the important questions have to come first, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is social tea? Can you please break it down for me and for our audience? We all use social. We all know what it is. How do you exist within it? And what is your what does your day-to-day -day look like? Give us some context here. Oh, that's awesome. Great question. Well, Social Tea was designed because I sucked as a full-time employee. I Whoa. was not good at it. I didn't really like having to sit somewhere for eight hours a day. I didn't ask a lot of questions. I was probably underqualified for some of the roles that I managed to land. I guess I'm good at sales. Um, and I just uncovered over time that it wasn't my passion to have a role at one company talking about the same kind of thing all the time. I needed more variety. Um, so I got fired actually from that job. Oh, that was like, thank you for letting me go because I'm not doing a good job here. And I, after my tears had dried because it was still pretty traumatic, it is to get fired. Um, I actually decided 
that if I was going to do something and get paid for it, I wanted to do something that was interesting and I could really invest the right amount of time into. And social media, this was back in 2010 when social media wasn't really being used at all. But in a lot of my marketing roles, it was the thing that businesses were most curious about and I was getting asked about the most. Um, so I decided to put an ad on Craigslist for a digital marketing strategist way back in 2010. And an hour later, I got my first client. And wow. it just it happened like that so uh, naturally that I knew that that was a need to be filled and it was at the forefront before it was going to be happening. Um, so what I did at that point was I designed the ideal work that I wanted to do that didn't feel like work. So that was, you know, choosing my own hours, working from anywhere in the world, developing that I could serve my clients, but also um, work at my best time when I produce the best work for people. Mm. Um, And so intro today, um, I built out this amazing team who does things way better than I can. I become an amazing delegator to be able to perform at my highest level in what we do at Social Tea, which is social media. So we do social media management, training, and strategy for businesses. So companies come to us because they say, we don't have time to do this. We don't want to do it. We're not um, you know, fluent in this process. And we take it off their plate. So I really feel like we're serving a need of this stressor that can be for a marketing person or an owner who just is barely getting to social media. We've we really design the business to make them feel good about investing and having someone else do it. So that's why we're around still after all these years, I believe, because the relief that people get when they have someone that's doing it really well for them and it's not something they have to like begrudgingly do is really fulfilling because we love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Be, be, uh, I have such resistance uh towards that entire realm so it's it's uh, it's applauding for you guys to to do that right i mean (laughs) the amount of thought that goes into that whether that's again you said the strategy and actually okay this is a tool we're going to teach you how to use it um this is what the ROI could be. Here's like, you know, advanced demographics, all the data that you pull from it. Okay. Then what about the creative side? Or what about media buying? What it's like, Oh my gosh, it is freaking exhausting. I couldn't, you know, and, and so I try to distance myself as much as possible and, uh, and to see you guys do the work that you do is like, wow, hats off. Incredible, incredible, incredible. That's, that is no easy feat. It isn't. And, and the interesting part too, is we've moved into more of an educational model because over time you can only do this so much. You want to actually empower other people to do it so um, we really lead by education and informing people to learn how to do it so they can be the next generation of us and we can move on to be um, more uh, speakers and educators about social media so um, it's good to see how we've evolved over time from doing uh, the day-to-day and now instead taking what we know and sharing it with marketers who want to understand that space so we're getting back in what we know (laughs) Taking yeah, taking it to the next level. Then I mean, so how much for you? How much of your time do you spend like with clients versus doing speaking engagements versus you know just kind of doing higher level tasks, if you will? Like, are you still really on the ground doing a ton of work? Like, uh, what, I don't know, posting schedules or what does work even like look like for you guys? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. I really I love where I'm at right now, um, and I it's just so fun because right now I've been able to have more creative space. Um, and what that is, is like even just an hour a day where I take my puppy on a walk or I go into the forest. And in that hour, I come back with like pretty invigorating ideas for my clients for their social media. And that's why I think they stay with us and come to us is because it's not just putting a piece of content out. It's how we step that up with a creative edge or lens or nuance. And that is where um, I'm trying to spend more of my time um, given covid course that has to come up um we've been just really getting darn good at our own marketing too like we get a lot of kudos for our email newsletters and and our in the information that we put out so in recent weeks i've been actually more uh more interested in the data and the metrics behind why social media um to build some cases so creativity and then inspiring through the data that we have and stats has been a really, really fun place for me to be because I never had time before to read information. I was doing everything, but now I'm more creative. I'm more of a leader. And um, I think that helps in turn my team be very inspired to get stuff done. 
This episode is brought to you by Self Hired. Self Hired, if you don't know, is a content studio that specializes in video production as well as photography and yes, podcast production. So if you are an individual or you are head of a company or a marketing manager or a content manager at a company that's thinking about one of the most powerful mediums in 2020 and want to start a podcast, uh, give the fellas over at Self Hired um, a call that you can reach them at selfhired.com um, or info at selfhired.com if you want to blast them an email. Thank you guys so much. And here's to the episode. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, time management is absolutely everything. And we alluded to this before we um, started to, started recording here is that we had now have this decision to make around, okay, 24 hours. Hmm. Hmm. What does that mean? What did that used to mean to me? How am I habitually moving in ways that I didn't need? I don't need to habitually move anymore. Do I need to go to the office? Do I not need to go to the office? What are my needs for socialization? What are my needs for physical activity? What have uh, what have been some of the takeaways for you over this time as you start to restructure and think about time in a different way? The number one thing that I realized is this time last year, I had no time and I was barely getting to anything. And when I did get to something, it was half of what it like half ass. It wasn't where it needed to be. So now yeah. we are just more strategic in how we use our time, how I use my time. I finally carved out like lunch breaks and things that are more simple. Whoa. But I realized that like, I, I, I just feel like time is something that I always hear about like seniors. They say it's like not renewable. You know, you're not going to get it back. And in this situation that we have, it's an opportunity for us to reanalyze where we work and if we want to wake up and go there when things get better again, what our purpose is, um, is our business going to work if we're an entrepreneur, um, is the job really where we want to be? We have been gifted with the time to think and absorb and not even react because before I think everyone was reacting, they were just barely getting to things, right? But now we've been gifted with this time to um, just really re look at where we are at and what we're doing and and make a clear path for that um, a few of my clients that are entrepreneurs in the fitness and wellness space and hospitality space like they had this instant no one was coming to them anymore like they were going to their fitness classes no one was staying at their bnb or their retreat it just stopped and what many of them have said when they recovered from the feeling of that loss it is a loss um, and especially now that it's coming back, they said to me, I would have never given myself that pause ever. I would have never had the chance or the opportunity. And if I'm healthy and God forbid, I didn't get COVID, which is, or if you didn't get COVID, which is great. Um, you have this ability to actually have this unplanned pause that hopefully people were able to feel a little liberated by to make a change or adapt or see the light in a new way of what's to come, what opportunities can come out of this time we've been given that's unexpected. Yeah, yeah I really think a lot of times we're running backwards. I mean, um, I've said this before, but ideas don't need time. They need space, right? They need like to, to, to say, all right, I'm going to go um, and spend five minutes on this idea. It's like, no, go for an hour, go for a walk, go for whatever, go, go, sailing, go biking, go do some shit that right. is not, you know, your business. And then all of a sudden you get those shower moments that are just, you know, like singing in the shower moments that you're just like, oh my gosh, and it pops into the back of your head. And I think a lot of that is because our subconscious is more powerful than our conscious. This is something that's proven, right? Like when we take something and we're able to put it in the back of our heads, there's a ton of processing that actually gets to happen there. And that's how I think you get a more happier, healthier community that's probably actually more productive and is spitting out better ideas. I mean, so now we have this situation where it's like, great, we have all this time on our hands. We also have all of these problems. And now that's going to fuel innovation. And we're going to see dramatic change at a rate I don't know if we've ever seen before. Um, and I'm really, I'm like, frankly, really excited about it, the whole thing. What hmm. I'm so inspired by, given this circumstance, is that there are going to be some of the most amazing innovations and ideas and elevations of our society and what we can create when the unknown occurs. And right. that is what I think is the best part about these terrible circumstances is 
there is going to be something that comes out of this that is going to be not only making history, but also making moments that matter. Like we're going to care more about our moments and what we do. And, and that is, yeah, that's what I am very, I live by optimism, as you can tell. Um, I like, I like to yeah. do that. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the revolution will be televised. Holy shit. I mean, like it's everyone is now there's these incredible moments and they've been documented in ways that they've never been documented before. I'm, I'm interested to hear from you actually. How do you think um, the social media landscape is changing? I know there's been like this introduction of TikTok and, and these different platforms are just moving in different ways. And for someone that's not really astute in the whole social media management world, that might be like, hey, what is going on? Like everyone's posting like black squares and then kids are dancing to weird music. And then I, re- like, I just want to read articles on LinkedIn, but like what, like what is going on? How is this all developing, moving and growing? I think people, depending on the platform, are taking themselves a little less seriously and they're taking off this perfect persona and being more real and authentic. So I've seen that happen more. There's less filters. There's less cautiousness of the image and there's more transparency in the message. And I think that people are actually starting to read what you're putting out now. Um, and so I think that that's one of the best parts that's happening on social media is that authentic layer that I feel is coming out. Even TikTok, it's not easy. Like those videos take hours to create and, right. and you have to really put yourself out there. And so I think that people are becoming more creative and more authentic. And that's what I'm inspired by when it comes to social media. Um, and they're having a voice and they're using it in hopefully the best way possible out there. Um, But it was interesting when some of these movements occurred recently as a company that manages social media for businesses, um, since they're social movements, where is the line that they get involved with communicating their view or um, stance on it. And that was something right. I've never dealt with before. Um, so in social media in general, we're all navigating our position or our place or our support of different things. And and I think that social media has shown its power of, of impact. Right. Yeah, I mean... Wow. What a freaking time. So it's like, there's all this, I mean, things are heated. Like, let's not, let's not, um, sugarcoat this in any way, shape or form. Like there's, if you make the right move or you make the wrong move, like there are repercussions of that and and cancel culture is real. So how have you and your, your team navigated making huge, not just social media decisions, now business decisions. Do I post a black square? Do I not? Do I do I um, sh- uh, share my plan on how we're going to um, make sure these marginalized communities are are addressed and how do we integrate, et cetera, et cetera? And it's like, well, they turn to you and they go, "What should we post on social?" When that one post, those two posts, whatever it is, that's not a social thing. That's a business decision. Are you having any of those conversations? There was a way that I defined it best to our clients and. and- since we deal with their corporate accounts, I let them know that we gave them a few options. It's a very sensitive you know, situation. You want to be cautious of it. But I mentioned to them that if you as an individual on your own LinkedIn or your own personal presence feel like posting about this, I highly encourage you to from your personal view because that matters. When an individual stands behind their stance on a situation, I really encourage them to stand up and stand out as an individual. Because as a company, it's very much what you should do, but I think you need to we needed to hear from the from the people in particular. It was an even more sensitive topic for me when it came to my team because I wanted to let them know that if a client chose not to take action or say something, it wasn't a reflection it wasn't, we shouldn't look at them differently because they, they didn't feel corporately it was appropriate. So that was an interesting state to navigate with my team. Um, but it was really emotional because some of my team was directly impacted by these movements. Um, and I actually took the time to be more informed about what I could do to support them because I care about my, my team really. So I can't really answer that question specifically because it's so, it, I don't know, I just put my heart in a lot of ways um, right. because I, d- I had never had to have that position of saying, do you want to make a stance and put them in public about, about this? Because it became mm-hmm. this line between PR and social media. And I've right. never been so clearly um, 
kind of blended into the PR field because that's not really what we do. We amplify what the PR people share with us to share. Um, and it was the first time where social media was actually the PR arm. It was the message delivery method um, and the way that people were going to communicate how they felt. It wasn't really something that went out as much in a news piece that we would then share. So it was, it was kind of cool, actually, to be at the forefront of power with communicating the message. Um, so that's something I've learned and will take a lot of my experience from that into future opportunities and to really understand the power of the voice that we have through social. Do you think that there's actually a convergence of social media and public re public relations? Like in, in the past, those have been very separate departments. One of those departments didn't even exist. Um, and now it seems like they're actually completely merging into one because our touch points are they're so close in proximity where it seems like it doesn't actually make sense to have a social media arm talk to your PR arm. It makes more, far more sense to merge them together. Maybe that's just me thinking out loud. Uh, in my experience, we have complemented a PR company um, where they are really great at pitching and getting the, getting the message landed in the media or on TV or whatever it is, and we amplify it. And so in that way, we've collaborated very well with PR companies and had a very defined line, but with support of a shared client. So it's, it's been different for us, but I am finding like in the competitive realm of my business and what we do, why wouldn't a PR company do social media and keep it within their business? Right. So I don't blame them for doing that for sure. And that's definitely been the biggest challenge for me as an entrepreneur, as a business owner is yeah, they did figure out that they can, could, they can make the message happen and be the amplifiers. So it really, um, yeah, it's something that we often have to, um, find out the partners that like to stay in their wheelhouse of PR and get from us or know that sometimes we're going to be um, up against or, uh, you know, what's the word, in the ranking or in the running for a project with a company that can do both PR and social because we do not. We really stay in our wheelhouse. Uh, right. So, yeah, it, it, is, it is a very interesting thing. We actually wrote a blog post today about earned versus owned versus paid media. And it answered every question that I get asked all the time. You guys don't run ads. Like it's, they're so different, but they're complementary, and it becomes a lot of people on a team in the media landscape. Um, but that piece of content was so helpful to so many people because it finally in a very clear, concise, short way made it made sense of where we stand and how we bound together to support a client together. Okay. So you said owned versus Paid oh, versus what? Paid. So paid is when you earned, advertise. Yeah, paid is when you advertise online. Um, earned is when you pitch to the media, and owned is when I manage my own social media account, and that's mine. I've created it for my business in a nutshell and a very got it. Sense. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Cool. Like I said, so it, 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 on one sense, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, it makes sense for a PR firm and a social media firm to come together. On the other sense, it's like. Dude, social is so all-encompassing. It's in, it's insane. Like back in the day, you used to have like you know your radio division, your TV division, your newspaper division, and now we've just lumped it all into one. And like each of those divisions would have separate budgets. And versus now, it's like, well, yeah, you need a social media arm. Do you need a LinkedIn arm? Do you need a um, an Instagram arm? Do you need a TikTok arm, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. How do you um, keep and I'll say gain and keep such proficiency in each one of those mediums because the, the breadth of knowledge and awareness that you need to have is, is mind boggling to me. It's, it's too much information. I'm like, ah, stop. Oh, and it's so, I'm so glad you asked that because we know our zone of who we serve. So we know how they feel about it, what they're, what's holding them up from going into social, um, how much time they want to invest into social media, we're, we're so specific on who we work with that we then in turn um, don't have to kind of recreate the wheel every time we work with a client and opportunity. So for us, that's been really, really good is just knowing who we help and knowing right away where it's a no and where it's a go. And then that's been the most powerful thing is just doing that. And that's why there's room for so many companies that do what we do and PR and stuff is because we're not always going to fit with every business. And that's what makes it fun because you're like, it's like dating in a way you want to make sure that you're picking someone you're going to enjoy the company of for ideally a long 
period of time. There happens to be a transaction at the end, but you know, you want to keep everybody happy and there's joy and love in it, right? Um, when you have good clients. Um, so overall, I think we just stay in our zone of really who we want to help, how we want to help them. And when it comes to being on top of all the latest and greatest and trends, that's why we have a team. Um, because it's almost impossible to know. But when we started specializing a little bit more on LinkedIn lately, that's when I realized that that's what I'm tuning into more is LinkedIn. And then my team as experts in, in social media, they are so great at supporting and filling me in where I'm, I can't possibly absorb all that information all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what, what do you now with these social movements and now just like with the role of social media now, what, what is the tool, like what is the utility of social? What, what are clients hiring you to do? What is the purpose? Like I, I go on my feeds and I'm like, what's the point? Are we, are we just doing brand awareness? Are we trying to get out opinions? All these opinions are kind of bland. No one really wants to go out on a limb. And I'm kind of like, how, are these organizations or these influencers or whatever like using the tool of social media what is that tool best for anymore i don't i'm not even sure i would say when it comes to an influencer it's to be top of mind and to be the go-to person right. for that niche that they're in and then when we come to linkedin and for business leaders and for organizations they want to be thought leaders so they want to be the go-to person for that industry in that field and so i feel like People get this satisfaction when they're the gal or guy to speak about or speak to about a topic. And so I think right now people are really looking for that credentialization. And that's really even an influencer or a business, it's credentialization at the end of the day. So that's truly what I've noticed. That's what's driving them. Of course, they want website traffic and all those other things. But social media serves this um, awareness that people enjoy and they can see the interactions that they get from it. And I think that that's one of the biggest reasons why people are on it is to really be known and be top of mind and maintain that and be respected. And, and that's, that's the benefit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's compelling because we went from this space and like the, uh, late 2000s uh, where no one really had a voice and it was really hard to have a voice and it was like it was it was really hard to be heard I mean, it, plain and simple the the networks weren't built yet and we didn't we didn't have the mass uh, you know migration to these platforms now and now i look at it, i'm like jesus there are way too many voices i'm like i'm like hold on i can't hear any of you and it all kind of sounds the same and i can't even like for me, it's just like there's way too much information out here. And and I'm curious, when you look at the landscape, how do you distill down what's important? I mean, even for you personally, um, uh, business aside. I try to only follow and engage with people that make me feel good because I think it's really easy to go on any social media platform and not feel good. And there's no point. Why? put yourself up with that. You know, it's, there's no point in doing that. Um, but for me, I just go where I want to learn things and grow and, and know it sounds so silly, but I, I just, I only absorb what I really feel like is going to be valuable. And in turn, I only reshare what I think is going to benefit people. So I really audit and, and manage that. I also am not connected to a million people because I don't want everybody seeing my stuff and I don't really want to see everybody's stuff either. So I do a lot of kind of training and education around audit your network, like really start thinking about who's following you and connecting with you because that's, you know, it's also a safety and security thing. I, I think I could have, since I've been on social media for so many years, I could have had a huge following. It just wasn't something that I personally wanted. And now I'm actually glad because there's a lot of insecurity that comes alongside, I think with, with that pressure to have that many people right. seeing what you do, but to cut the noise, I think the main thing is, is, is as a person and as an individual individual is be creative. Like if we think about America's got talent and all these shows where people constantly have something new, they're going in and auditioning for think of social media as your way to build this portfolio of what makes you different that is so awesome this platform that's public if you want it to be that you can showcase how your voice or or your skill or whatever is different and and that's what i think truly helps you stand out is not being cookie cutter and finding that niche and using it 
um, and knowing what you don't like. So another way that I cut out the clutter is if I see something I don't like, I actually register it and then um, it makes me make better content because I know that that's not my jam. Um, so by seeing things I don't love, it helps me make my clients and what we put out, I think, better. Right. Wow. So many ways to go off there. Um, so, but first off, let's just say like, there's a, a big question mark, for instance, with, with authenticity and, and like what makes me, me. So one of my theses in life is that, you know, marketing is so important because marketing shapes our, our thinking, right? Um, marketing shapes our, our actions and what we feel is important, et cetera, et cetera. And I think we're in a spot now where we're so hyper marketed to, where it's really, really hard to have original thought. It's really, really hard to go just even hold up a mirror and go, okay, wait, which part of this is me and which part of this is what I think is cool and which part of this is I'm being sold to and like what, like what? And so do you have any advice for, for people out there that, you know, say, all right, I'm going to go be me and me is mad booty pics. <laughs> and you're like, I don't think that's you. <laughs> like, how do you find yourself, find an identity, find a way to be creative, find something that resembles the essence of you? Because that shit is hard. I think when you put pressure around, how am I going to be unique and different? Yeah, it becomes very, very difficult. Um, I think because I have an agency and I have such a variety of clients, I'm constantly having to think about an insurance company, a yoga business, an accountant, a food brand, like it, it ignites a lot of, um, innovation for them. Um, but I think everyone's uniquely individual in ways they didn't realize. And that's, it's hard to pinpoint the answer to that. I don't know. I, I think that that's the problem yeah. is people think too much about it and they're too worried about what they put out. And in turn, it's actually inauthentic. Um, and one of my favorite accounts is just so simple it's um influencers in the wild and it's people capturing influencers on the street i'm sure you've seen it they went from zero to three million followers in no time but all those people that are getting filmed by the person that's posted it um are doing the same thing they're actually not very creative they're doing a video on tiktok that they're recreating that someone else has done i don't even go on tiktok as much anymore because everyone's just doing the same thing um, and that's the way you get better though, is if you go on TikTok and look at a hundred videos, you will then find, I think something will light up in your mind that I think will help you decide no one's doing this. And that's how you get to be a better content creator is because you have to look at all the stuff that's just repeated, redoing, revamping right, right there. What is different? And those are the people that might have a lower following, but it's, it will grow and they are more interesting than anybody else. And so that's yeah. where I think that people need to stop following what everyone else is doing um, and just be different, you know? Right. But then the, the counter argument to that, which is not the stance of taking, um, but the counter argument to that is like, well, the algorithm feeds into this type of content. So I need to create this type of content. I need to be this way to get seen and get likes and da, 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 and da, 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 because if I don't, the algorithm won't like me. Well, what, what, what can you, what can you say to that? Well, yeah. <laughs> not my opinion. No, not course. my opinion. That's driven. If you're going to share someone popular stuff and use their hashtags, you're going to get more reach. Absolutely. But it all has to start somewhere. And if you, but if you just jump on the bandwagon when everyone else has done it and you're just jumping on the bandwagon. So I guess what I've encouraged, is for people to uh, maybe remix the song that we're sick of hearing on TikTok. Like, just make it edgier, you know? That is my goal. And just take something that's there maybe and make it edgier and still use the hashtag, still do the reach, all of that. But how do you make it your own? Like, I think of the Whitney Houston song Higher Love by Kygo, or not by Kygo, Kygo remixed Higher Love by Whitney Houston. Love it. Like, totally reimagined a song that we've all heard a million times and made it a hit. Like how yeah. do we do more of that? How do we take what we yeah. know and reinvent it and still get that reach, but it's uniquely you and in some way. And I think that that's what's powerful when people have figured out that spot. Yeah. One of the things, oh, it's, uh, shit, we, we throw generalizations on people, right? Like, I mean, it's like, 
this person is this type of person online and this person is that type of person online. And it's all like this kind of kerfuffle because humans are very individualistic and it's hard to categorize us like that. One of the thoughts that I've been having, like I, I try to just get out in places that aren't concrete as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm from the island originally. I love the ocean. I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm gone. See you guys later. Um, and one of the thoughts I had uh, while I was just completely gone on a cell service one weekend was, man, how can I, rather than doing what you're talking about, meaning like surveying the landscape, okay, so this is kind of what's going on. This is kind of what people like in. There's this, 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 uh, these remixes and this style of content and da, 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 da. Rather than doing that, just being like, okay, let me flush. Okay, this here, gone. It's out. All right, now I'm left with me. <sighs> okay. If this was 2006 and I had a cam com, uh, camcorder, what would I record? Like, what would I do? What do I think is cool? What would I like just do just so I could show my buddies and, and trying to rather it? than go like watch your trip to the island? You know, it's interesting. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Like, I gotta find. I gotta find something. Like, I'm so lost in what does well and strategy. Just being like, all right, well. If, if it's a bird I think is cool, let's go with that. Or if it's, um, you know, any plethora of things versus being like, oh, no, like, okay, I do love coffee, but I got to put it this way, da 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 uh-huh. and trying to come up with original thought that way. So how I use content and, like, videos on YouTube is to learn something. So if I want right. to go to Portugal, I'm going to find video. I want to see videos on Portugal. And there was somewhere I traveled to not too long ago and there was no videos on that place. And I was like, damn, if only I was a content creator because I would have so many views because there's, you're filling a gap, right? You're, you're delivering that. But my conflict a little bit with digital in general is when do we stop experiencing those things for ourselves? Like sometimes I feel like I've seen that place already. Do I need to go there? Um, like, food stuff thank god i don't go to all these restaurants i'm saving a lot of money my waistline looks pretty good at this point and i feel full <laughs> like you know so so at Heck some yeah. point too yeah we need to get back and experience and that's what brings us back to this time thing is now we can finally freaking experience things so yeah. when we can travel again what do we want to experience and all those travel bloggers are having a hell of a time right now because they can't go anywhere and i do feel for wow. them that's their career but it's also interesting like um it's also allowing us to now create our own experiences because we have the time to do that. And maybe it isn't something we go and share on our phone or our camcorder. Maybe it's something we actually share with our network. So I think that yeah. that's coming into it too. Like I've noticed people are more present than ever. And that is um, what's refreshing about, I think when we've absorbed so much information, we can't see Netflix anymore. And we turn to the person next to us who we've ignored for a while because we've been on our phone and we're actually like, you know what, like let's do something. And that's, I think where we're, the boredom is done and we're now doing something. And that's where I think the light is coming out of this again. Um, yeah. I hope so. I really hope, I mean, yeah. Presence is such an interesting thing. I mean, if we could like just transport back to like, I don't know, maybe 2013, 2014, 2015, it was like this moment where everyone was like, everyone started doing this. And I was like, no, no, I'm guys. the hardest person to reach on a phone. I am, I don't check my text messages. WhatsApp <laughs> is like impossible to have it on a second screen on my phone. The reason being when I'm on for business, I am on and I will check and my clients, I'm very efficient. No one misses a beat. But when it comes to connecting with my network, I want to see them. And some of them don't connect with that and that's fine. But I'm like, I need to see you because I'll be more present, more alert, and you're going to get way more out of me. And now I actually need to see people less because when they do see me, it's like so high impact that you can have actually like a little bit more of a break from each other, you know? So when you yeah. do the right way, I use social media and all these digital tools to learn something that I don't already know, to inform myself where I'm naive and need to get up to speed or to explore where I want to go because I don't know about you, but I work work to travel and it's hard Mm. right now not being able to travel, but you better believe I'm saving all my pennies to get on a freaking epic trip next year. So, you know, like all of these pauses have us build towards our next thing, which is okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, our next thing, our pause is like, I mean, it's interesting as well with, because I haven't, I haven't known how to, I think a lot of people don't know how to navigate um, anything they're throwing up on social right now, like, you know, in terms of anything that isn't, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so they've just opted to um, do nothing uh, and, and just kind of been like, you know, and they might issue a statement or they might throw up a little piece of this to that and the other, but like, hey, we're with these people, um, but we don't feel it's appropriate for us to to post things right now. I mean, like uh, ThinkSpace has taken two weeks off and we're just kind of like, I'm, we're, we're going to sit this one out. Uh, if we can't add anything to this conversation, we're going to sit this one out. Um, and for me personally, it's been like, I've done a lot of cool shit in the past two I weeks. You know, it's been a great two weeks. Yeah, yeah, man. It's been really, it's been really cool. Right? <laughs> it's been and really, like, really cool. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Sometimes, like these movements are going to be so impactful and meaningful for all of us, but we don't always have to tune into it. And then you got this benefit of clarity a little bit and freedom. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah. I just I find myself. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very all in. I'm very all in person. So I'm, I'm, I'm going 110 percent, or I'm going zero percent, right? And that's uh, very much my nature. And I think it's a lot of people's nature. How is, um, just on that topic would be, you know, as someone that goes to social to get educated, um, et cetera, et cetera. How are you encouraging um, clients to like navigate this? I know we touched on it a little bit earlier, but it's like those are some of the hardest conversations I know you have had to had. And I'm talking to a lot of the questions we get. And a lot of questions I get is like, what's the right thing to do? What's the wrong thing to do? How do we be on the right side as it pertains to what we're saying on social platforms? And when people just come and ask the question, what's the right thing to do? What's the wrong thing to do? I'm like, ah, ah, I don't know. Um, how, how have you navigated that? That's why I'm so glad I have my friends in PR, but we had the power on social <laughs> to share the message. Got it. Um, so that Got was great it. because I literally <laughs> went to all the people in PR. I said, this is new territory. Social is going to be how we display this. What do you recommend? And you know what they said? They said, ask your client. And so we just gave them three options and choose to not post. You can choose to post something on your personal or we can Got do it. a public message that's very you know, appropriate to the situation. And um, we also said to them, this is navigating a new space that we would not normally even approach a corporate business about, but we think it's necessary that you know that we are thinking about this. And it was very empowering right. for me and my team as a company to know, to let them know that we have, we know that social media is going to be an impactful moment to use and we let them decide. And there were some really interesting conversations that came out of it, especially Black Lives Matter, because some of our businesses have a very multicultural background and um, those um, demographics weren't exactly brought up in this situation. So it was sensitive to post about it because we didn't want to um, navigate under one particular particular space if you know what i'm saying um yeah. yeah it was it was giving people the option and letting them know that you know it's no one has the right answer to this similar to COVID, we don't know how to react or how to comment on it so it was kind of like the best training in general of how to communicate digitally in the past couple months and i mm. i never thought i'd be in this space of the being such a PR relations part using social, but it's, I've, I've learned and grown more in the past couple months. And I think I've had a chance to, as an entrepreneur in a while. So, yeah, I know you work with a lot of, um, uh, wealth managers and, and financial mm -hmm. service uh, industry people as well like that. Oh my gosh. That must have been even, yeah, heavy. Well, and they're actually, they're they're having some of their best times ever, which is great for them. Um, yeah, we, we navigate a lot of different industries and it keeps it really fun, but that's why there is no mold. Um, right. It's also why it invigorates me because I can have a room full of lawyers um, call me about a question of what to post about their website and it's very simple and you know they just need the creative lens to it or i can have this super creative food brand out of israel that's coming into canada and wants to really knock out the ballpark with their social media and their visual like it's so fun and i i i have said to people um if you work in an agency especially a small one like ours um balancing a lot of things um 
and knowing how to react in the best way and have fun with that is, is, is a talent for sure. It doesn't come naturally at all. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit here. And because we've talked so much about like the client side and whatnot, I know that you work a lot. Well, I mean, I actually don't know how much you dive in with directly, but with creatives. And I know we spoke on it a little bit earlier, but I'm curious from you, from your perspective personally, I know you said, you know, around how like actually creating content and being creative with it. And there's all of these um, creative trends that pop up, whether it's using these filters, whether it's this style of shooting, whether it's this type of content, whether it's this style from this decade. Um, and I was wondering, just like on a broad base, uh, because there's so many creatives that listen to this podcast, do you have any tips for creatives as it pertains to creating content that actually works um, and actually converts and, and any, any, any types of advice in terms of just like, go, go this direction. Stop thinking about that direction. In my opinion, my favorite form of content is the making of. And ah. I love seeing not just the perfect it's on a wall piece of art, but the process. And I think if we can start sharing our process and the details of how things come to be created, that's cool. Um, so for me, that's what I really encourage people to do is, is to talk a little bit more about that. Um, sourcing materials, um, you know, do you use an iPad or do you paint it? All these different pieces. I really feel like for creatives, if you can start to open people up to the amount of energy it takes to plan and create something and educate people on that, they will then pay a premium, I feel, for it. Because now they understand a little bit more about the work that goes into something that seemingly to them looks like, you know, a, a painting. But people people that don't know art don't know how long it takes. Um, and it's similar to my, what we do, like we're creatives in that way and that people might say, oh, you just put stuff up on social media. There is a huge process of time and, and research and algorithms to put that piece out there and then make sure it gets traction. Um, and similar to creatives, like if you've, done a stellar um, choreography or help transform someone's body if you're a fitness instructor how did people get there it doesn't just happen and that's what gives you content for a long time is the creation and and getting people really consumed by um your process yeah i i really encourage that for me that's very very interesting um just oh, that yeah. I love it. I love it. No, I mean, it's, it's more fun too. See, or it seems more fun. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like it comes from a more positive, more playful place. You said, you said about, um, uh, putting a piece of content out and making sure it gets traction. Um, because again, I'm like, I'm a big believer in like, when we look at, when we look at businesses or any systems in general, like they're just their value delivery systems. That's what they are. Um, at their core fundamental basis. And I'm someone that believes that the, how that value is communicated um, is, is actually more important than the value itself. Um, and so in that, so for instance, I mean, you can use any example that you like, but what is it that makes good communication of value? Another way I could word that is what is it that makes content get traction? How do you know things are going to convert? Because I see a lot of things online that get thrown out there and don't go. And I'm like, that was beautiful. What? How come that didn't go? No, right? Um, two things. I think it's listening to your audience and asking more questions and and using your audience, be it large or small, to to navigate what it is you create. So rather than just reinventing the wheel all the time and like it's useful to take a look back at what people liked or commented on the most and make more of that in new fun ways. Know what works and then kind of test sometimes, but scrap what doesn't. So I think that that's really, really important is just to start until you start posting, you don't know what people are going to like, but start to really dig a little deeper into that. Um, when it comes to what you share, um, Sorry, can you can you ask me that again? Because there's something else I was going to add to that that was really important. You said two things and you were really oh. excited about it. Oh, then you gave sorry. me one. And also, it's not all about you, too. I think we're talking a lot about what we put out, but 
how are you interacting with other people's content and resharing what they're doing? I think that that's something we get stuck with is that we think people want to hear from us all the time, but sometimes it's as easy as partnering with someone or else resharing someone else's amazing work and cross pollinating. And I think that needs to happen more is that I know collaboration is a bit of an overused word, but how are you yes. aligning with complementary um, creator. So for example, you're an artist or a fitness instructor and you find this killer DJ and that DJ makes music specific to that piece of art or that routine that you've done. That's a freaking cool cross collaboration. You're not, oh. now you're not using a song that everyone knows and resonates with, but you could make that song and that piece of art or that, that routine resonate with people that's how stuff grows and evolves and goes viral is because someone thought of okay well how do i take what i'm doing and collab and make it happen more so i think that that's um that's cool and it allows you to be really vulnerable by reaching up to someone saying hey i have this idea yeah. let's let's brainstorm it and i don't i don't ha have that often i think that's why I love working with PR companies is because sometimes they think of something, sometimes I do, but at the end we need the team to make it happen. And it's always so much better than it could have been with us alone. And, yeah. um, especially if you're a creative and a creator, oh, you have like, think about the senses, build on the senses, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, how do you blend those together and start to create more experiential social media? And that's what TikTok has kind of tapped into, but I think there's more to it that you can do. Cool. Yeah. Experiential content. Ooh, yeah. juicy. <laughs> I'm into it. I like it. Cool. I'm going to marry on that a little bit. Um, what does it mean now that everyone has an audience and everyone is now part of an audience? And I didn't actually know what that question meant. Mm. Threw it out. I, I thought that I would throw it out to you anyways, because I think there are definitely repercussions of everyone having an audience now. Like, what does that mean for us? Like, what does that mean for our society? And I know it's kind of that weird, esoteric, high-level question, but I, I'm, I'm interested to throw it to you. I might be really wrong, but I think a lot of people are going to leave social media and in turn the best people are going to stand out or um, yeah, I, I think it's like the cleansing that we all need. It's like the digital cleanse. Great. If a lot of people tune off of social media, it's like when you, here's the best way to describe it. Sorry. And the bells are going off at seven o'clock. You're fine. Um, oh yeah. Hey, it's a, uh, it's like everyone's unsubscribing to email newsletters right now. Right? Like right. totally unsubscribing. There's just too many. You're getting too many in your inbox. Social media, I think, is going to have that wave as well where people are just going to reinterpret their need of being on it. But that wave of people leaving allows for, I think, the best people to stand out and use it again. So it's an opportunity, I think, if you decide to leave it because you might find another outlet that's good for you. But I think what they're right. saying in this case is that yeah, everyone does go on Instagram and social media and usually it's to watch other people and right. they might not be the people that stand out, but they're going to be on there wanting to consume what a singer is doing or what their ex-boyfriend's doing. So social media fills <laughs> that need of, of, of the tuning into what people are up to and I think that's the negative side of it as well. Um, but if, if it's not making you feel good, then don't go on it, you know, I think, yeah. or just really customize what you're seeing on social media to really use it better. I don't know if I answered your question. I can see where they're going with that, but yeah, we have the power. Anybody can create anything they want. I just say for you as an individual, create something that matters and that's meaningful. Um, and if you're going to go on it, just give people likes those ghosts. Don't <laughs> like anything, just please like it. That's one of show some love, show <laughs> some love. Long story short, show some love. No, I yeah. love it. Um, as we uh, as we wrap up here, one of the one of the things I wanted to make sure I touch on with you is that I have this question of so there's there's two questions one we we already answered a little bit I'm just, okay where does this go where does this go from here how does content grow okay cool 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 now how does this grow in a way that's healthy like what is best case scenario for these platforms like what should happen. I know should is a dangerous word, but it's like in your view, how does this all grow? So the world's a better place. So we're healthier humans. So we, you know, our mental health is taken care of. How does this grow in a good way? 
there's this quote that's, I, I don't know if I have it right, but people don't remember what you say. They don't remember what you do. They remember how you make them feel. Right. And not a lot of people have captured this essence of feeling um, on social media. And so if there's a way for us to use it to have this impact feeling invigoration i think that it can be a force for a lot better things um awareness about the environment and all those things are really really important when using social media but i think when we're talking about creators too and content like how can you make people feel the way you want them to feel for your brand using social media and that's something that comes independent for each person but i think that that's really important Social media at the end of the day is what blogging used to be. It's a platform to share your message. Um, and we want more people to be on it so that we selfishly can get more people following and engaging with our content. So in a way, we're serving each other. Um, but what you put out and how you say it and the way in which people receive it, I think is what people need to be a bit more careful about it. And I did a TEDx talk all about this. Like it's, it's really like think before you share. Um, and who really cares about what you're putting out. And if we can do that a little bit more, then maybe when we do go on it, it's more meaningful. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can make the world a little bit of a better place. I love it. Um, real quick. I want to circle back on, you said that you were diving into the data and finding some interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just a note that I took and I will forever hate myself if I don't circle back on right. it. What did you mean by that? We are having a lot of fun uncovering how people are landing on our website, uh, what people are enjoying most of the content we put out, doing more surveys so that social media is becoming more of a two-way communication tool for ourselves on LinkedIn, on social media. So we are using it to actually collect information via questions or by looking at the information that we're getting from social media that's available to us to make better content and decisions with our content. And what's interesting about this, when you start just tuning into where people are finding you and what they're searching for to find you online, it's really kind of funny because one of my girlfriends actually, she is the number one re like search result when people search for social tea, why they land on our website, it's her name. <laughs> and we did a YouTube video a while ago. So you realize that content you think is no longer relevant actually serves you now well it's serving her <laughs> for sure um, <laughs> but yeah we i just love to look at the numbers even if you only have a hundred a hundred followers to look at their interactions that still gives you information to play with and have fun with and adapt to and so i just recommend you start to get yeah like find out what people are seeing and enjoying that, that you're putting out and make more of that i can't emphasize it enough and don't get stuck on the number don't feel bad if there aren't people liking or commenting it on enough just look at an overarching nine or 12 posts and find out what's really relevant to your audience. And even with podcasts too, like that's something else that's become really interesting is look at the, the data of who's listening to your podcast and then cater your advertising to it, obviously like duh, but just get smarter with the numbers that are available to you. And I think that that's something really, really fun that we can all see from our own profiles that we can enjoy a little bit more. So data is what yeah. comes out. Why I chose social media is because it was the only marketing that I found at the time that I started. I could truly measure and prove the value to a business owner. You know, I can actually say you got this activity, this many followers. I can't measure how much business specifically, depending how good their tracking is, but I can show through the data what we've done for them. And that to me is, is a, is an impactful part of, of why it's good, especially for businesses that want to, know what they're investing in yeah no totally I, it's one of the most frustrating things about traditional media it's like we get pitched things all the time like we've had i had a radio company come in to my other business and say hey we want to run this thing and this is how much is it going to run and uh this is how much it's going to cost and this is what it's going to sound like and you're like, cool like what are the impressions like um uh, what are your conversion rates etc like well there's no data on any of that and say so like well how do you know yeah. what any of this is worth it can be super super frustrating and i know now going into the advanced analytics that i mean just looking at something like google ads or adwords and like seeing conversions and web flow and user behavior is like oh my gosh how did anyone get away with not having this 
data. It's incredibly important. And the amount of people with. I know that don't have analytics set up, it's kind of, it's really interesting, but it's, it's, that is what you need. You need to know if it's five people coming to your website, how do they get there? What do they care about? What are they most interested in? And dig into that a little bit further. And yeah, that's why this space, like, I think that's why I get excited again is because we're not just putting stuff out to put it out there. We're putting it out there to have impact and drive some kind of result for, um, our clients, or if you're an influencer yourself, you know, but to get bigger opportunities, it's, it's the platform to get bigger opportunities that you can measure where those opportunities came from. Yeah. I think a lot of times we pick advertisers or we pick sponsors or we pick content because it's what we want and we're doing things that we want versus serving. Right. And, and saying, okay, well, what are people saying? Why does this matter? Do people care? Well, wasn't it Seth Rogen that was he the guy that always had the squatty potty ads? <laughs> was that him? Yeah. Or was it yeah, yeah, yeah. Howard Stern? Uh, I can't remember, but like, I'll never forget. A bunch of guys had it. A bunch of guys yeah, had it. Yeah, like, it was just every few minutes, body potty. And like, you know, it was disconnected but memorable. So there's a yeah. blend, I think, between like humor and good advertising. So that's a good example of like, you know, I don't know. Like I, I can't yeah, forget yeah. that. When I think of podcasts, for some reason, I think of the squatty potty ads a lot of the time because it was just like this jarring moment that happened in between everything else. But I'll never forget it. Hilarious! I love yeah. it. Howard Stern yeah. had a uh, the squatty potty, and Joe Rogan had the flashlight, and those are the only two things oh, I know that, about podcasting. Yeah. It's good times. Yeah. Good times. Um, it's getting late here. As we wrap, I, uh, one, of the, one of the questions that I'm ending podcasts with, the, with these days is amongst everything, the time and the space that you're now allowed um, through COVID and through everything that's happening in the world, what, is, what are you pondering now? What, what is, when you go for those hour-long walks, what is top of mind? What are the concepts you're trying to tackle, the problems you're trying to solve? What's top of mind for Tara right now? It's serving other people and giving them opportunities. So for me, when I go on a run, I'm thinking about how do I, it sounds so funny. It, it actually really is what I do. How do I connect this person I know over here with this person over here so they can make magic happen? And I find that a lot of times when I'm on my run, when I use my watch and I text my, um, my team, <laughs> I'll be like, hey, and it's almost always when I get back to my run, it's connecting to people that are going to just freaking kill it in some way. And so nice. I find that that's, um, it's not even being creative. It's just not thinking about myself. And that's what I think I get from not being in my, my office working with myself all the time. It's easy just to get on social media and be neurotic about what everyone's posting out because I'm not seeing the world. Um, but for right. me, that's something that's been really important, especially given COVID. There's a lot of single people or solo entrepreneurs or business owners that have been infected and they need inspiration from other people. So in recent weeks, I've really found that if I look back at my texts when I've gone on a run, it's genuinely to find a way to ignite some conversations that will help um, all of us just do better business or collaborations or whatever it might be. So that's been really, really top of mind for me. And then I'm also just thinking about how I'm going to travel really smart when I can, nice. um, because I, I'm going to make it a freaking baller trip when I do do it. Nothing fancy. <laughs> like it's going to be like long and amazing. Cause I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I get invigorated by travel and that's probably the biggest lack for me right now is the ability to explore. I love it. Yeah. And when you do go, please show and tell the world and share along the way. Yeah. Oh, and you know, I'm also an entrepreneur. I have like five other business plans that I've written in the past couple of months. Of Whoa. Like a product. Can you spill the beans I, I or can, no? I, I do service oh. marketing and stuff, but I have products I want to create and, um, you know, I test them to my friends the other day who are um, branding and creative agencies and, you know, some of them have legs, I think, but you know, that's what's fun. It's just bringing up the, the cliffhanger. I think if, the cliffhanger. if Facebook is gone tomorrow, what would I do? And that's why mm. I love being an entrepreneur because I'm a very good, I, I love the idea of risk and reward and change and adapting. And, and that's what I inspire everyone to do is to, yeah, just kind of always have that little spark that you can turn to when you need to reinvent the wheel a little bit. I love it. I love it. Amazing. Terry, is there anything that you want to share with the world? Anything that's still top of mind? Anything that we can just 
get off your mind, off your plate. Maybe one of your future business plans. I'm not putting something in your mouth, but I'm just saying. <laughs> well, one of them's actually, I can share this because um, I'm kind of Ooh. doing it anyways. It's actually a business called In Other Words. And what, spicy. I, noticed, what I noticed when I was traveling Tell that more. a lot of businesses have menus on the restaurant at the restaurant, sorry, or signs that are trying to be written in English and it, it doesn't translate well. And so a lot of companies over time have just naturally come to me as a writer to make their content more impactful. And why I share that with you is um, what it came down to was how do you take all of this messaging that doesn't really make any sense if you're reading it and wanting to hire them or work with them or go eat there and say the most impactful thing with the less words, with as the least amount of words possible. So what I'd like to leave everybody with today is to share content that matters, use imagery that stands out and is unique to you, but really start thinking about how do you say more with less? And I think you're gonna really be proud of yourselves when you can um, start to curate and share stories in really, really impactful ways and in shorter shorter phrases. So I didn't fully get into the business there. Sorry, but I don't know if that made sense. I know. I love it. No, that was great. That, no, that, you tied that in beautifully. Was, Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Great job. Yeah, Amazing. Well, Tara, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I really look forward to sharing this episode with the world. Great. Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to amplifying it to my network. Let's do it. Amazing. <laughs> good podcast i know hour long guys i'm trying to get them down every time but it just never happens the conversation gets going it's hectic i don't know what to tell you i like to talk um yeah tara thank you so much great gems a lot of gems one of the things that we were talking about off camera i'm giving you some insight that good good um was the fact that she was like hey you guys need a sponsor you guys need an advertiser you have a great thing going on here and I was like yeah we do we haven't really tried and da, 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 da. and she's like well aren't most of the people that listen to your podcast are the creatives or entrepreneurs or people that are like have entrepreneurial endeavors or business owners i said yeah well why don't you just ask them I was like, ask them what? To ask them if they want to be a part of this movement. Ask them if they want to have moments on the podcast. You know, if they want to start doing audio snips, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe they want to advertise on all the beautiful digital assets you, you do. And so I'm like, hey, I'm going to ask them. So, yo, guys, this is me asking you. Um, if, if there is something about ThinkSpace you think really resonates with your audience, incredible, incredible. We're now open to having the conversation around advertisers and sponsors and stuff like that. And don't worry, we're not going to sell out. I'm not selling a Spotify for a hundred million, although I might if it was on the table. I don't think it is. Um, so if you're a business owner and you want to come align with us, you want to tap into our community, you want to work with our tribe and, you know, maybe we can come to an agreement. So I'll throw that out there just because Tara was talking about it at the end of the podcast. And I was like, you know what? Let's ask our listeners. Anyways, that's enough for me today. I am dead ass tired and really ready to go home. I hope everyone's doing okay. Um, hectic, hectic times in the world right now. Uh, the message I want to send from ThinkSpace is just solely that we're, we're leading with love over here. We're leading with compassion over here. And, you know, anything that anyone needs or, you know, from a mental health standpoint, you know, just anything. If you need anything, just holler. Holler at us. Holler at, at ThinkSpace Podcast on Insta. Um, holler at me personally. You know, we want to make sure everyone's good. Voices are being heard. If you have guest recommendations, please let me know. Um, I want to, you know, we want to do everything we can to, you know, be on the right side of history and support everyone and love our fellow humans. So that's what it's all about. Anyways, love you guys. I hope everyone's staying safe, staying healthy, and uh, really looking forward to checking in with you guys next week and hearing all the discussion after this podcast episode as well. Lots of love. Peace.